Welcome to After the Checkered. This is Coy, joined this week by Josh. How you doing, buddy? I'm doing good. How are you? Doing well. Doing well. Having a having a yingling tonight. What are you drinking? I am drinking a uh, beauty from Center Ice Brewery. Mm. It's a great beer. It is a great beer. I'm so happy that beer. that's available in like stores, not not necessarily the brewery. I don't, I don't have to drive down to the brewery and get it now. Right. It's locally, I can just grab it from grocery store. Yeah. They make yeah, good beer there. They make great beer. That and that is a great beer. That's actually it's, it's one I need to need to get. It's about that wheat beer season. You know, it is Cinco yeah. de Mayo actually. It's, it is Cinco de Mayo. Yeah. Today is uh, today is Mexican beer season. I thought about that, but I just grabbed a Yingling out of my fridge. So I was gonna go grab some some Modelos, and uh, I was getting ready to get in the car, and I don't even know what happened. But then lost track of time, and then I was like, well, I guess I'll just drink yeah. some beauties. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's there's worse things to be drinking. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Yep. So we got uh, three races this weekend. Well, actually, four races this last weekend. Actually, five. Oh yeah. Because we got to talk about the Derby. Oh, that's right. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's right. Yeah, the one horsepower. Yeah, the totally one horsepower forgot. cars were going. Yeah. Um, um, yeah. So we got five races to discuss. Big, big weekend. What uh, What are you thinking? Where do you want to go? I say let's kick it off with the with the horse racing. Okay. Uh, we both we posted our picks on social media. Mm-hmm. I really thought that my my pick to win it of known agenda was gonna come out of the gates flying, and not the case. Uh, yeah, I mean, I don't. Rem- I ended up with I ended up picking several horses, so I don't remember who. If you, if you don't mind reminding me, who exactly were my? You did pick the winner. I did pick the winner. I knew that, and I was pretty sure it was. I picked. I'm pretty sure I picked Medina Spirit. Uh, essential quality, and did I have none agenda? Was it? I think you. Um, yeah, I can I just, pull it up. Yeah, I just don't remember the. the I know. Third one. I know your long shot pick was uh, was was it keep me in mind? Yeah. And then mine was Brooklyn Strong, which I was really hoping Brooklyn Strong would have had a better yeah. showing. The horse is only fifty k. Right. I mean, can't right. I don't know. Um, yeah. So my picks were I know it was a Central Quality, Known Agenda, and Hot Rod Charlie, right. and I picked Known Agenda to win, but that didn't happen. I don't even think that I, Hot I think, Rod Charlie finished second, right? Yes. Yeah. Uh, so that wasn't bad. Essential no. Quality was the favorite, and everybody was talking about how good yeah. that horse was going to be, and it finished with like eighth. You know what I? And I should have remembered the adage that that I that my grandpa taught me when I was young is never bet on a gray horse. Right. Uh, Rock your world was. Your Rock your world. Pick. Yes. Oh, I, I loved Rock your world. So I was all over Rock your world. I couldn't remember if it was a seventeen or if it was the one known agenda. And it was, you know, yeah. I mean, and this just shows you how tough horse racing is. It's fun, especially the Derby where you have so many good horses. You know, I don't know that. Medina Spirit is a is a triple crown horse. I don't, you know, hard to say. I don't really think so. I feel like it was a pretty close race, even you know coming down the stretch with those horses. So, and, and, you know, the the Preakness is a shorter race. It's a mile and uh, I think it's a mile three sixteenth or something like that. Yeah, it is a shorter race, and I'm you know very early way too early picks but i do like hot rod charlie to win that race hot rod charlie would be would be a good pick for that race uh you know you never know because some 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 horses will get pulled from that race obviously there's many there's usually there's a 20 horse field for the derby and then there's usually like a you know like a 10 to 12 horse field for the preakness depending on on who's there so hard to say yeah way too early uh picks i, I feel like there's a lot of horses that, that ran well that that are going to try to step it up. I don't really know what happened to known agenda. You know, I, 
or well, I or think, rock your world. I, I think known agenda getting getting that that first gate really set them back. And I know that they use different gates this year, and people right. said it wasn't going to be as big of a big of an impact, yeah. but it's still not the ideal draw. No, um, no, and you're right. Yeah, that's something that I you know I kind of thought about with 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 known agenda. I thought, well, this is a good horse. I'll you know that you know maybe hopefully this new gate will be something that that changes it, but. Yeah, it didn't appear to be. Yeah, and with the odds that known agenda was given, and and the 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 hype around the horse mm-hmm. that it got bad odds because of that gate, and I'm like, well, if this horse is anything close to what they were predicting, right. I was willing to roll the dice on that that same horse here. just because strong horse with with very favorable betting odds. Sure. Yeah. Same here. Yeah. And it just uh, just you know you just never know. I mean, that's what makes it fun. I mean, yeah, I I, I did pick in, I did pick the winner in one of them. One of my picks, I ended up changing and had a couple other picks with the bets that I ended up making and didn't take Medina Spirit. I did one of the guys at the party I went to won 500 bucks on Medina Spirit, though. I think he had like 50 on it to win or something like that. So, hey, good for that. Can't be that, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I did see a story of somebody, the friend of a friend that I knew that hit the uh, the, the one, two, three in a row and they won Ooh. like 250k. Nice, yeah, that's awesome, yeah. So that's great, yeah. yeah Good for them. That's what I mean. That's what I do is I usually throw in, you know, throw the trifecta bet, or you know, I'll throw something in because it's like you know you can bet, you know, my I think my trifecta bet was a twenty four dollar bet. I bet four horses in a trifecta box, which means any of those four horses could finish one, two, three. And uh, you know, I I picked I I didn't I didn't hit really any of them, but. Uh, you know, in that in that trifecta, yeah. I mean, you can win some serious money if that Absolutely. is. You know. So yeah, um, love the Derby though. It was always fun. I know? do love the Derby. I just like horse racing. In I general. do too. You know, especially the the really prestigious. You know, the the Derby, the, the Triple Crown races, the Breeders' Cup. You know, that's always fun to watch. Right. Well, before we get into any more of the auto racing that we usually cover, I do want to point out that Formula Drift mm-hmm. is kicking off its season this weekend. Mm. So they are kicking it off at uh, Road Atlanta. Uh, my pick to win it is going to be Frederick Asabo. He won it back here in 2019. But I would also look for strong performances from Ryan Turek and Chris Forsberg, Von Gittin Jr., the, the big favorites. And sure. Also, before the season starts, I really think that uh, Von Gittin Jr. or Chelsea Denofa could, could win the championship. Uh, Von Gittin Jr. won it last year. Those Fords are strong. They have a good team. I, I wouldn't be surprised if we see either one of those two with with the title at the end of the year. Yeah, I remember. You know, you kind of got me into it at the end of last year. Watching Vaughn getting Junior is pretty uh, pretty impressive. It's kind of fun to watch something I've never really watched before, so it was definitely it is. fun to watch. It, it's entertaining. Looking forward to this this year. I'll, I'll check it out. Yeah, it's it's definitely an adjustment because it's not your traditional motorsport where it's uh, first to the finish line. It's yeah. more based on angle, style, uh, driving skill, and it's a judge based. Uh, it's it's basically an extreme sport. It's a judge based right. sport, but um, but I enjoy it. It's yeah. a nice change of pace. It's fun. Yeah, I mean, like I said, it's fun to watch. What yeah. what channels is it on? So you got you stream it on. Okay, stream so it. So I usually watch it. Honestly, I stream it on Facebook. Okay, that's usually the easiest place because Formula Drift posts the live stream to it, and you can just watch it right oh, on your cool. phone or you know on your app on your TV or whatever. Cool. But, cool. Yeah, I remember watching some of the uh, some of the stuff last year. Like I said on uh, on YouTube, it was pretty fun. Absolutely. Def- definitely check it out. So. All right. Well, which of the uh, the big three do we want to talk about first between NASCAR, IndyCar, and Formula One? Well, um, 
Let's go with let's go with NASCAR. Let's start off with let's, let's save the NASCAR. You know, okay, we'll, I don't know. We'll we'll do NASCAR first. So, all right. So it was the uh, Bushy McBush race at Kansas. I still should hate have, that name. Should have been the after the checkered four hundred. It should have been the after the checkered. We didn't, 400. we didn't pander to Bush. <laughs> exactly. Um, not not the most exciting race. No, I no, did. Really wasn't. I I did have one thing I want to gripe about. Um. In stage one, they had a competition caution. Mm-hmm. Didn't hurt anybody, didn't help anybody. But let's end the competition cautions because of this reason that they did this one. It's because there was no practice at the track. Why is there no practice? Let's bring back practice. There's no point. Like, I get with the COVID things. Like, last year when we did it, a lot of uncertainty. Yeah, totally. But this year, you know, what's really the difference if they're together on Friday and then again on Sunday, I mean, they don't go anywhere. The teams are all there. They're there testing. There's not like there's a bunch of fans around that are watching. So yep. you don't let the fans back in or the limited fans. Let them do testing. Let them do practice. And then get rid of these competition cautions. It's I, stupid. I, I, I totally agree because it ends up just kind of like screwing up the, the pacing early on in the race. You know, you've got, um, it, it, yeah, I mean, you're seeing restrictions lift all over the place. There's no real reason for for them not to practice. You saw last week what it how it hurt a team and right. what it did to Kyle Larson's team. Yeah, and his his team leaving. I mean, let's be honest, that was way more than just Kyle Larson. But but you know, I mean, it was it was something that should not have happened. And if you don't have a if you have a uh, a practice that doesn't happen. Yeah, you catch you know? that early. And so that's something to where I look at and think, you know, man, that's. That's got to, you know, yeah, I mean, I, I don't see any reason why there shouldn't be a practice, it, really, at this point. I, I really don't. At, at least a practice. You know, I understand, you know, hey, you know, we're, I honestly, I really like qualifying. I'd, I'd like to just have the guys, give them, give them a chance out on the track at some point, because it's it's too much to just, hey, get, you know, get the car off the holler and throw it in the race. You know what I mean? Yeah. Let I, dial I, the car in. Yeah, I do. I do miss the qualifying. I think that that's ridiculous that we don't have qualifying i mean you you look at you look at formula one is able to successfully do qualifying and they're racing all over the world not just in right. one country formula one does yeah i mean and they do and they're doing closed tracks and formula one does uh let's see yeah they have three this isn't qualifying i mean yeah there's no reason why nascar uh, indycar has qualifying there's no right. reason why nascar shouldn't have it doesn't practice. make sense we're talking about practice. Talking about practice. All I right. I mean, I, yeah, I don't. I, I totally agree with that. I don't. I don't get why there's no why there's no practice at this point. Yeah, we, I think we're far enough along again. I understood it last year because it was COVID was new and they were just trying sure. to get a season together, doing whatever they could. I get it, but I feel like we're a little bit more yeah farther along and have a better understanding of of the virus and and how to prevent it and seeing that you know you're not seeing drivers getting COVID or no. teammates getting COVID because of the races so maybe start adding in practice and if you see a spike in it then yeah maybe maybe tone it back but well, yeah just throw in like a friday practice throw in a you know a saturday i mean i don't know thursday you get the cars off the hauler let them run them around the track a couple times because what you're seeing is too and this is something else is that you're seeing these guys battling their cars early and it's because they don't have time to dial the cars in so so guys get off the tr- guys you know start off the race are really tight they're really loose they, you know that's what I've noticed with Chase Elliott's team a lot, when, and and some of the other teams, Harvick's team. You know, they get off, they'll be crazy tight early on in the race. Well, then they're they're spending the whole race fighting that car instead of actually racing. They're you know, and it becomes more about who can dial the car in right early. Yeah, 
I agree with that. And then also, too, like with the Hendrick cars, without practice in the qualifying, it doesn't give them time to try to hide what they're cheating with. <laughs> you know, right now they just keep getting sent to the back of the field because they don't yeah, know if they they're going to make it through. And then they just plow right through because they're cheating, obviously. Yeah, yeah. obviously. Totally, yeah. Um, no, but speaking of Kyle Busch and, and speaking of Hendrick cars, Kyle Larson, dominant early. The two best cars early. Stage, I think. I know that Bush won stage one. Did Larson win stage two? I believe so. I mean, Larson's car was strong oh, all totally. day. Yeah, I mean, it was, uh, it was, yeah. I mean, it was one of the cars. Like, I was watching that race, and I just thought, well, you know, I mean, this is going to be Kyle Larson's going to, this is another one where Kyle Larson's just going to dominate this one. Yeah, and I'm a little upset because I picked Kyle Larson to win. You did. And I was like, all right, we're going to go back to back. I, I had, like, I had the social media stuff teed up for it. Oh, man. For yeah. The, for the back to back picks. And I was watching it going, that damn Josh, he's going to get it with Kyle Larson. He's going <laughs> to close the gap. So, you know, there was a weird sequence in the third stage there. And it was something that got me thinking that, like, NASCAR has really taken a very odd step. And it was, uh, at one point, there was an uncontrolled tire. I want to say it was Tyler Reddick's tire, maybe. I think you're right. Had rolled across the track and was just sitting on the infield. Not, you know, it, or rolled across the pit lane. It was just sitting on the infield. You know, in nobody's way, but, but still relatively, you, know, you still don't want to see that. So in that sequence, they let it was it happened in the middle of pit stop, green flag pit stops, which is you know they let everybody pit and let everybody get back to to normal as far as the normal running order, and then they threw the caution with about twenty five to go. I, I think it was well, it was more than that, but it was just and I know that NASCAR has done that before, but it just is weird to see that sort of thing, you know, when you see that and you see that. You know, the, the, you just see a, a tire sitting there for 30 laps because I think Busher was leading and he had he had pitted much later. You know, I just kept thinking like, send a guy to run across the track and grab the damn tire. Yeah, just go get it. Yeah, go get the it's damn not like tire. they're running across the backstretch. Yeah. like just go. Get yeah, the, just go get the damn tire. Yeah, drive the safety. It's on the infield. Yeah, go drive the safety truck out there. Pick it up. And you're good. Pick it up and move on with your life. Don't throw a caution. Yeah, we've seen that those... You see marshals in Formula 1 and IndyCar running out in the track to go get stuff all the time. Yeah, and, you know, we've seen those those uh, those safety trucks and the jet dryers. They can take a hit, you know, when yeah. Juan Pablo ran into one. You know, yeah. They all survived. They did. Yeah, I just kept thinking, like, man, they're going to blow a caution. Or they're going to they're throw a caution for this. It's going to tighten the field up. And I think at the time, Larson... I think Larson or Bush had cycled into the lead. I don't remember who. But it's one of the two. Yeah. It was a... It was just a weird, you know, it was a weird sequence that I kind of thought, what an odd thing. And then, Kevin Harvick, who's been running the top five, who was my pick for this week, next pit stop, uncontrolled tire. Right. Yet again. But Harvick did have a pretty good finish, though. He finished yeah. second. So. so Harvick goes all the way to the back, and then 25 to go, I'm looking at this going, well, Josh has got this locked up. <laughs> because Kyle Larson is leading, and Kyle Busch is second, and it's like, and he's just flying away with them. Yeah. And then all hell breaks loose. I literally walked in to my house, checked, had the had the race mm-hmm. up on my TV upstairs, saw that Larson was winning, walked downstairs where my daughter was to play with her and watch the race. Yeah. And from that time, I don't have a big house. He dropped back to like 15. I'm like, so, well, what just happened? Yeah, so so two cautions, and I, I'm, I assume you saw a replay. I did see the replay, you yeah. You saw a replay of it. I thought that was just a bonehead move from from Larson. I it was. I did not know what he was doing. It was so stupid, but I, it was just like, I mean, it was probably 20 steps in my house, True. and he, it, all hell broke loose. Yeah, th- so they have a restart. 
Ryan or Larson's right behind uh, Ryan Blaney. I always keep wanting to call him Dave Blaney, which is his dad. Um, he's behind Blaney, and and Blaney slows. My guess is he kind of missed the restart, spun the tires a little bit, and Larson just stayed there. Yeah, I kind of, and, and it ended up like it was just like Larson was mad, and he just pushed him, and, and he didn't kind of like try to back out. I mean, there wasn't a ton of places for him to go, but it just seemed odd that he just stayed there you know didn't try to get around him at all I mean I don't know and then he ends up pushing him and actually Blaney did a great job in saving the car and not spinning out and then Larson hits the wall and he's in 25th yeah he dropped back to 25th or whatever it was I think he got back up to 15th but overall he finished 19th yeah guy leads 132 laps the race finishes 19th um Kyle Busch gets the win, first one of the season. Yeah. Um, I feel like that's a huge elephant off his back. It is. Um, Kevin Harvick, your pick, finishes second. Yeah. I mean, out of nowhere, like, I was just like, I was watching it going, oh, well, you know, I mean, no, okay. I saw that after the uncontrolled tire. I thought, well, you know, Josh, yeah, this my race is over. All of a sudden, I mean, you know, they kind of joke, the broadcasters always joke that Harvick's always been where he come from, but this is exactly what he was. Honestly, you give Harvick another... 10 laps and he catches him because he's on fresh tires I think so I think so as well and yeah. I think that's I think this might be the race that Harvick needs to kind of spark his season he's not mm-hmm. having he's having a quiet season he's not having a bad season though but this might be what sparks him to really sure. turn it up and you might see them kind of you know un- uncage the animal here sure but yeah uh, I mean he won how many races did he win last year 10 a lot I mean like, like he won a lot of races last year to not have won any races this year pretty you know I mean NASCAR's been pretty competitive this year there's only been one repeat winner right Truex yeah Truex is the only one with uh, multiple wins well if you count the Bush clash and this race then Kyle Bush yeah but that's like a weird preseason yeah. race that counts for some points, but it's not right. an actual yeah, race. Yeah, I forgot that counts for some points. I don't know why they just don't make it a real race. Yeah, I don't know either. That's, that's for another day. Um, Brad Kozlowski, our, uh, our favorite here, finished third. Uh, a guy that we have been talking about having some terrible luck, Matt Benedetto, finishes yeah. fourth. Yeah, he had a good he had a good um, run. He is he putting together quite a, quite a few good races, and I'm, I'm really excited for he him. He sure is. And then uh, Chase Elliott rounds out the top five at fifth. Yeah, Elliot got stuck behind Keselowski, I believe, late. Keselowski made a run at... I thought Keselowski was going to have a run at Bush. Like, on the next to last lap, I believe. And he kind of got a big push way out there and then just kind of fell back and then he ended up blocking... Uh, he ended up getting in front of Chase and, and, and kind of stuck Chase back there. But, yeah, I mean, good win for Kyle Bush. You know, it, it, the one thing you do like to see I mean, is that I like to see it when the car that was the best, one of the cars that was the best that day wins because I think, you know, the guy deserves it. You know what I mean? Yeah, he had one of the strongest cars, but he also only led 20 laps. Right. Not, well, but he but, did? Yeah. Really? But, that, but he well, was... Larson led so many laps. Yeah, so. and then Kozlowski led the second most at 72. But Kyle Busch put himself in a position to take advantage at the end of the race, and that's exactly right. what he did. And that's all that really matters. Um, right. I don't usually don't usually read outside of the top five, but because we just talked about him, Martin Truex Jr. did finish sixth, so he's putting together a really good season. Yeah, Truex is going to be he's going to be really tough. Yeah, I mean, seems like he's the car. You know, Denny Hamlin another great run all day. He was up there, bad luck, trying to keep Kyle Larson behind him with about twenty five, twenty six to go, and 
he ended up. I felt like I felt like when I was watching that that like, like it almost surprised me because they were doing that in car camera of Hamlin and Hamlin hits the wall. And I almost felt like Hamlin's driving out his mirrors. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> yeah, like he was trying to keep Larson behind him, and he ends up smacking the wall and and had to come in. So he he finished twelfth, but uh, the guy that finished right behind him too, man. Like this, talk about just like a just an. A really good season for a, a guy on not a strong team. Michael McDowell finishes thirteenth. Wow! I know I'm going to catch some some crap about this. Like thirteenth isn't something to write home about, but like this guy's not on like a power team, and no. he is having a great season. And he just seems like a guy that is just super excited, loves racing, and is just thrilled to be where he's at. And I mean, you just can't help but root for the guy. So true. I mean, he's in. He's actually in. I was just looking up the standings. He's in thirteenth in the standings. And he's right got that too. he's got that win, so he's yep. automatically he's in the playoffs. In the playoffs, and you know what do they say? You just got to make the playoffs, and yep. it's a whole new animal. Well, I mean, you know, I think Chase Elliott. Yes, yeah, exactly what I was going to say. Chase Taylor. Elliott, St. Louis Blues. Yeah, uh, I, mean, number, I think I think yeah, the St. Louis Cardinals yeah, did that one year. They the they sure did. Yeah, 2011. Team. Yeah. So I mean, yeah, you just just got to get yeah. Chase Elliott last year proved that. You don't have to be the dominant car throughout the season. You just have to be a good car in those four races and, the, and during the playoffs. And he was, hundred you know? percent. So, yeah. Any any final thoughts on the Bushy McBush race at Kansas? Boring race up until the last stage. I actually thought, like you know, a first stage, first couple of stages. Admittedly, I was switching back and forth between that and the second IndyCar race at Detroit, and I was or at Texas, not Detroit. Um, and I was thinking, oh, you know, this has not been. Not fun. Actually, my notes wrote, you know, wrote down like kind of boring early, and then it all kind. Of, it's one of those races where you know it all kind of just got went crazy in the third stage there. You know, absolutely. Well, this uh, this next race this weekend is at Darlington, mm-hmm. um, and this throwback is races, the yeah. throwback races. I was just going to say the paint schemes. Um, I'm looking through some of these. Denny Hamlin's. I love yeah, it. They're cool. Um, Bubba Wallace's scheme honoring Wendell Scott. That one's pretty cool. Yep. Uh, what were some other good ones that I was looking at here? Um, Chase, I like Chase Elliott's Hooters car. That's kind of got a, it's got a, a throwback. I like that. I like Ross Chastain's McDonald's car. It's kind of a throwback to that 1993 27 car. I yep. really like that one. Eric Jones. Eric Jones has just had some of the best paint schemes this year. This 43 car is running a, a uh, it honors the John Andretti win at, at Martinsville in 99. Just a nice blue and orange STP car. I like you know, it. I like the throwbacks. You know what's weird from to me is like I saw something. I saw something on on Instagram about Eric Almarola's car for this week, and it was like a throwback to a 2003 like win for Mark Martin. And I was like, Are we really at that point? Well, no, I saw that too, and I was like, That's not a throwback. And then yeah. I'm like, Wait. That yeah, is no, a no, it isn't. That is it's a almost twenty years yeah, ago. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I'm, I'm totally, you know, like I'm not taking anything away from it. It's totally a throwback, you know. I'm, no, but yeah. I was in the same mindset. I was like, no, I remember that car winning. I was, right. like, that's, I was like, crap, I'm getting old. Yeah, that's yeah. Welcome to my welcome to my world. Yeah, I really like but, uh, I really like William Byron's uh, paint scheme too. That Valvoline, like it's kind of a different different setup. That looks pretty cool. Yeah, the uh, the forty two. You know, you see the the forty three, the kind of STP looking car. Yeah, uh, not a very known driver, but uh, Josh Balicki his fifty two Burger King car with that vintage Burger King logo is pretty cool. Oh yeah. Uh, you know, Burger King's doing that whole overhaul to go back to that vintage look, but I know there's there's a bunch of good paint schemes here. I really like that almost all the drivers embrace it. Um, 
Yeah, they they got some cool ones in the Xfinity series too, like the you know kind of the old um, the Gatorade. Uh, who is it that's running that Gatorade car? Don't watch my Michael Annette. You know, yeah, pretty cool stuff. Pretty cool stuff. Yeah, I mean, in Darlington's a Darlington's just a fun track. You know what I mean? Yeah, it is. It's a good race. Um, they're doing two races there this year, right? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, they'll run there on Labor Day too, as the Southern Five Hundred. Yes. So I have been to that race actually. Oh, cool. Yeah, that's an awesome one. It's a good time. Um, so the early betting favorites, uh, no shock here. Denny Hamlin is the the favorite to win at eleven to two. Uh, Kyle Larson is at number two at six to one. Kevin Harvick at seven to one. Kyle Busch at eight to one. Brad Keselowski at eight to one. Martin Truex Jr. eight to one. And then Joey Logano and Chase Elliott both at eleven to one. But from a betting standpoint, just from somebody that I think that has been turning his season around, he's finally getting over that home from from the bad luck. But Matt DiBenedetto is thirty-five to one odds, and he has put himself in a position to compete. It's a long shot that he wins, but like at thirty-five to one odds, like sure. throw a little money yeah, on him. Throw some that, money on him. You yeah. never know if he's if he's in it until the last race. You could see a boneheaded move by the leader again, and, and he can just pull right in and take Absol- the win. Absolutely, or you know, I mean, and I always throw it, you know could be a you never know with Darlington Darlington's one of those you know it's a it's a tough track there's usually couple you know there's usually some crazy stuff that happens late so you just never know what could happen I mean you know throw some money on him in the top five and, and see what happens yeah that's a good bet I also like William Byron at 16 to 1 and Chase Elliott at 11 to 1 I feel like Vegas is not giving him any respect for being the defending champ I know he's more of a road course guy but you gotta feel like Chase Elliott is probably due for a win soon right and at 11 to 1 odds I like that, mm-hmm. and that's actually my pick to win this week is mm-hmm. Chase Elliott. Yeah, I have not really – I'm trying to think of who I – man, I have not really even thought about. I really liked – I like I like the Byron pick. I like – I definitely like Chase Elliott. You just never know with Darlington. It's one of those tracks where you just kind of get, you know – just kind of get something crazy. Actually, I, I, let me pull up here the they pull up the standings for our driver picks because I gained another another two points on you. Another two points, but I got that bonus point for guessing your you pick did. last week. You did. So I I mean I you know I'm picking I'm picking Elliot, but I honestly could see, and I think I picked them both recently, so I can't pick them, but I could see either Logano or Kozlowski winning this race too. And I think that eleven to one odds for Kozlowski and eight to, or eleven to one odds for Logano and eight to one for Kozlowski, those are yep. good bets too. Yep. So the the people that do just listen to this podcast for the gambling <laughs> part of NASCAR, yeah, there it is, folks. I, I mean, I think you know I'm right at five races, and this is who I yeah I, I think I'm going to go with uh, Denny Hamlin here because I think that I think that Denny's just you know he had a bad race last week, made a mistake. I think he bounces back and. because he's the favorite sure but even at 11 to 2 odds you can win some money oh sure it's yeah absolutely yeah very I mean, different than any other sports right. betting right you know and i think chase elliott's a, a, a good pick too you just never know with darlington it's a tough track man you know i mean you get guys running up there up against a wall you get you know it's it it's yeah 
I love Darlington's my one of my favorite races all year. It's like Darlington. That's why I got I, I hated the Bristol Dirt Race so much because they took away. They took away one of my favorite races. Yeah, they took away a race from Bristol, which is one of my favorites. And I and I just really wanted to see, you know, in Darlington is one of those iconic NASCAR tracks. You know, I don't know if like Darlington, South Carolina is in the middle of nowhere. Yeah, I've been there. Like, there's nothing there. Oh yeah. Yeah. I literally parked in somebody's front yard. Mm-hmm. He, I paid him 10 bucks and he let me park in his front yard and then walked yeah. over. Now, I will tell you this, though. Uh, South Carolina, the Gamecocks, yeah. those kids, the fraternities, the parties there are nuts. Really? They rent these massive tents because there's nothing around it, post it up outside of the track, and it is a massive party. I bet. It's huge. Yeah. Um, That's awesome. It, it was a lot of fun. That was a fun race yeah, to get. Like, I, what I like about Darlington is it's kind of like a throwback to the old NASCAR. Where, you know, like, if you go, if you look at, like, a, a NASCAR schedule from, like, you know, the, the late 80s, early 90s. And you see all these tracks, you know, like North Wilkesboro. And and, and there's a lot of, tra- you know, just in the middle of nowhere. You know, North Carolina, South Carolina, Virginia, you know what I mean? Like, Martinsville's not near anything. Bristol, not near anything, you know. That's one of the hard parts about Bristol is that if you it's not getting tickets to the race it's finding a place to stay yeah and when we when we went to darlington we stayed at we were in myrtle beach so right about an hour drive not bad though yeah at least there's something bad. decently yeah. close yeah it's not too bad but yeah i mean you look at some of the yeah i mean yeah bristol you gotta stay i guess you gotta stay either in knoxville or something you know somewhere outside i mean a lot of people camp or bring a camper you know what i mean yeah, and that's why people always kind of have that reoccurring hotel booking. Even if they're not going to go to the race or they're not sure, they book the hotel and they're willing to. Because if you lose out, then you're. It, you, yeah, who knows the, when you're going to get that hotel exactly, spot again? Yeah, who knows when you're going to get a hotel and, and who knows where you're going to where you're going to be able to stay? Yeah, I mean, I, I don't really. I, don't, I mean, I've never been to Bristol, so I don't know where it is. And in, in, I know it's north of Knoxville there, but yeah, I mean. There's nothing there. Yeah, there's nothing there. There's nothing in Martinsville either. I was looking at. I I I will occasionally like just get on Google Earth and look these things up, and I'm like, I remember looking at Martinsville. I was like, there's nothing in Martinsville. It's just all green around. Yeah, just nowhere. <laughs> just in the middle of nowhere. So, yeah, I'm. Uh, the other cool thing that Na- the other little bit of NASCAR news they unveiled their next gen cars this week. Look pretty sporty, very modern. You know what you'd expect. Um, you know, kind of an evolution on on what we've seen now. Uh, I'm hoping that maybe some of the aero problems that we've ran into with with this with this generation are fixed, and that you know they can be a little bit more uh, up close. They can run a little bit closer together, and they don't create big holes. You know, the the issue with you saw it last year. I think at Kansas, where you know the cars create this big hole in the air, and it's hard to it's hard to actually catch up once you get so far back of them. Yeah, we saw that in the the fall race mm-hmm. and it usually impacts the fall race more than the spring race because of just the air density and yeah, everything density. like that but yes you, you're absolutely right i'm hoping that we see a little bit more of that see something yeah I'm, I'm really hoping that nascar sticks to the you know sticks to some of the road course and you see maybe a car that's a little bit more road course e you know um but other than that you know I well think, i think that's the trend in nascar they're going to more road courses so i'm i would hope that when they're designing this car Mm-hmm. That they do have that in mind that right. hey we're going to go to more road courses. Yeah, some give a little more downforce. Something that's going to be able to help some of the cars, help some of the, the drivers who are maybe not. You know, maybe I was going to especially running a place like Coda. I mean, you're going to need you're going to need downforce there. Absolutely. Some of those, you know, that S's section that they have, you're going to need downforce, and I think a lot. 
I can't wait for that race because I think a lot of drivers are going to struggle at that track. That's going to be a fun race. I think that first turn is going to be a shit show. It's just going to be a disaster. A lot of although, I, but but well, I, I take that back. I think it's going to be a ton of bumping and a lot of collisions. Yeah. But those cars are meant to hold that up. It's not going to be like a right. Formula One or Indy car where you get those the, those collisions and people are done. Yeah, that's a good point. Those, it, it, those cars can take a beating. Yeah, it also depends too on how they you know when they do restarts and and, and how they do them. If they do them single file. It's gonna be a lot different than you know side by side. I know at Daytona Road Course we saw, and at, and at the Roval at Charlotte we saw them do them side by side, which is a disaster. Well, the, Ro- I mean? the Roval resort, I mean, the side by side mixed with the the fact that there was literally lakes. You know, yeah. if you went, if you totally. went, in years past at the Roval, if you put your outside edge of your tire on on the grass, you're fine. Mm-hmm. This past race, you're dipping into a couple inches yeah. of water. Yeah. Cars are spinning out, the track's still wet, and then they dry it off, and then as soon as there's one incident, more water comes back on the track because when guys hit it, it splashes up, and they rejoin. That was a disaster. Totally. It was entertaining. It was very entertaining. Yeah, it was very entertaining. But, yeah, I mean, you know, I think it kind of, I think, you know, noticing, yeah, you just see it with the, 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 double, re, the, the, the double file restarts, man, that creates, uh, it creates so many problems because road courses aren't made for that. You no. know what I mean? They're meant for they're single just, file restarts. Yeah, they're made for they're meant for single file restarts. And they don't have a lot of those turns don't have room to go through them, and especially I, with like big NASCARs. Like a NASCAR totally. is a big car. Yeah, it's a full size car. Where when you look at and I know that Formula One cars have gotten bigger, but they're a little bit more a little bit more narrow or right. a little bit more nimble. Indy cars handle better. NASCARs are bricks compared to those. Oh yeah, they're so heavy and they're just so. Yeah, I mean, I I don't know. I'm that's why I'm anxious to see what happens at Coda. I think it'll be fun. Think it'll be fun. So, all right. Well, that's all I got for NASCAR this week. Anything else from you? Nope. Okay. That's all I got. I think you want to talk Formula One next. Yeah. And since yeah, IndyCar move. raced twice, we'll save that for yeah. last. Yeah, we'll move over that way. Okay. So Formula One this past. Well, before we even get into the race, did you see our boy Rogro? I did coming back to do some testing coming for back Mercedes. To do some testing for Mercs. I, you know what? I gotta kind of wonder if that is. If there's some coincidence with the fact that IndyCar is racing at a ro- at an oval this weekend and he wasn't racing and he was kind of like, eh, you know, maybe this isn't because yeah, they're off now and IndyCar is off and for a little while. IndyCar until... is off until not this weekend, but the following okay, weekend, and it's yeah. the Indy the Indy road GP. course, yeah, the and then they're course. off for a week, and then it's the Indy 500. Yeah, um, yeah I mean, he uh, he's doing some testing with Mercedes, but then let's also backtrack that towards the end of the season, Romain Grosjean was talking about wanting to stay in Formula One and, uh, you know, not wanting mm-hmm. to leave. And there was a tweet from the boss at Mercedes saying, like, yeah. pretty much like, I got you. So I wonder if there's something else going on here. Yeah, I kind of wonder if maybe we'll see, like, a uh, maybe reserve driver situation. I, I don't know. I don't know that we would see him. I don't know. That's a tough one. It's yeah, just, I don't, it's I don't know what we'd see. It is. It, that's kind of the way I... It, I thought that was odd, you know, based on, you know, you're supposed to you kind of, you know, Grosjean leaves Formula One, kind of switching gears to IndyCar, and then all of a sudden within, you know, I mean, within a couple races. months, within, yeah, within three, within four races, he's back in Formula One testing, you know, the, the best car that there is. Yeah, it was, uh, it was, it was interesting. I, I'm, I think that there's more to come out of that, and we'll see. I do, I do too, and I'm wondering, um, this kind of just popped into my head, you know, the incident not this race, but the previous race in Formula One between Mercedes driver Valtteri Bottas mm-hmm. and George Russell, also Mercedes driver. 
I wonder if uh, Total Wolf is just like, you guys are acting like clowns, and I can put whoever I want in this car. Like, uh, yeah, if, could ma- be. And maybe he's sending a message like, you two better get your shit together. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, yeah, you know, that's a good point. Yeah, I never really thought about that as. as that there was a lot of message. drama surrounding there was, that. There was there a ton was... of drama. Well, I mean, yeah, you got Botas giving him a finger. You got, you know, George Russell going over and slapping him on the head. I mean, I, you know, we talked we talked about that several times. You know, we kind of thought it was more Russell's fault than, than Botas. But, yeah, I mean, that's a, that's and, a good point. And shocking, Sky Sports did a special on that oh before this God. past race. And, oh, it was all Botas' fault. And, like, oh, wait, do you wonder they're, if George Russell's pretty, English? They're pretty biased. With, they, pretty biased? I, I bet are, you're underselling that. I, I, they really are. And it's it's like, like, I kind of, like, when I'm watching them, I'm like, man, guys. Like I mean, let's try to even, let's try to like tone the bias down. Right, like Formula. But they do not. Formula One is one of the very few global racing mm-hmm. series. I mean, it literally is global. They race all over the planet. I get it. You know, England is a small country compared to the rest of the world, sure. and they have really good drivers that come out of England. But like, yeah, just tone it back a little bit. I mean, it, yeah. Sky Sports is a huge network. Like, it's just so blatantly obvious that they are so bias towards the English well, drivers. They're either talking about English drivers or English teams, you know, which Red Bull's pretty much an English team. They're based in England. They're you know, based in England. England. Principal's they're English. Principal's Christian English. Horner's, Christian Horner's English, I think. He is. Um, you know, McLaren's an English team, so they're always talking about McLaren. They don't give a lot of love to Ferrari. They don't give a lot of love to uh, Alfa Romeo. They don't give a lot of love to, uh, you know, some of the other ones. They talk about Aston Martin a whole lot. They don't talk about Alpine. They don't talk about Alpine, yeah. I mean, and it, but it's you know, and admittedly, you know, the sport's dominated by. And shocking, they don't ever talk about Haas. No, yeah, they never talk about Haas, which is you know. Well, hey, yeah, we will we'll, talk about yeah, Haas we, here. We in a are going to talk about Haas today. So, um, yeah, you know, starting on Saturday, I was a little surprised. Dan, speaking of McLaren, Danny Rick got knocked out in Q one. He did. He did. He has. I feel like he's struggling. In that car. I, I think we talked about it last week. I think that one thing that is going to... I think that him and Sergio Perez are kind of in the same same spot. They're going right. to a new car. I think the difference is, though, Sergio Perez was smart and said, guys, give me a couple races and get used to it. Danny Rick, lovable personality that he is, didn't want to admit that. And I think that... that he, and I don't know if that was maybe a team decision mm-hmm. or what was going on, but yeah, it just looks... Lando Norris looks so much better on that that McLaren car than he yeah than Danny he, he Rick does. does and and I want Danny Rick I it's no surprise this podcast I love Danny Rick I, I want him to do well I do too yeah I mean and it's just it's I mean yeah it's just so odd you know it's so odd that you, that you see him struggle that much I think you know what I mean that to where he ends up starting I mean what is it he started what did he start oh it was. It was out of the top six. I know that. Oh, I mean, it was. Yeah, he started. Yeah, he started sixteenth. Yeah. yeah, I couldn't. I couldn't remember if it knocked off at fifteen or. Yeah, it, it didn't. It obviously does. Yeah. Um. Yeah, he started sixteenth. I mean, he had a good race. He finished ninth. Yeah, he salvaged I mean, it around. Race. He, he got in the points, but. And that's what gives me hope that I think he just needs more time to adjust. Sure. Sure. But so go go figure though. Last episode, you and I were talking about how Botas can't drive. He's a horrible sure. driver. He's got one of the best cars, and he can't put it together. I'd like to think that you know our one listener out of out of Finland, you know, it was Botas. Yeah, it was, it was Valtteri Botas. We <laughs> motivated him. You're welcome. Because he uh, he grabs the pole, and mm-hmm. I mean he he grabbed it 
I mean, he, he had a pretty big lead on the pole. And so Botas takes the pole, Hamilton second, Verstappen and Perez third and fourth. So you saw one, two Mercedes, three, four Red Bull. Right. Um, I know a lot of people were talking about the Mercedes cars that there was a lot of memes going around that it was like Total Wolf, you know, letting Red Bull think that they had a competitive car. Those were funny, but let's also look at Red Bull. Like, finally had two cars that that qualified at the top, right? And and you know, one on one on a qualified on a podium, if that makes sense, in third, yeah. And then the other one right behind him. This is one of the few times Verstappen hasn't had this since Danny Rick was on the team. No, no, he hasn't had somebody pushing. I mean, yeah, because last year Albon was definitely not going to push him. I think Perez. Will, hopefully, Perez will push him a little bit. I mean, I think Verstappen has a lot of pressure on him. You know, and and Portugal was not a, you know, we talked about last year. It was not a, not a, not a real exciting race. But you know, you saw Verstappen early get by after the, there was a safety car early after Kimi just literally ran into Giovinazzi. I have no idea what he was doing. Yeah, just ripped the nose off the yeah, car. Just, just runs right into him. Like I don't. It's like he was. I mean, who knows? Kimi, you never know with that guy. Maybe maybe fell asleep. I don't. know. Or, you know, maybe he could have been like, I don't like, I don't like yeah. the way he looked at mm-hmm. me, so I'm just running into mm-hmm. him. Usually you don't want to do that to a... Right. You don't want to do it to a teammate, teammate. but you never know with Kimmy. You never know with Kimmy. You know what I mean? It's Kimmy's team. Everybody else is just happy yeah, to be there. Yeah, it really is. So, yeah, so Max Max managed to get by Hamilton into second. Uh, and then Hamilton, you know, after that safety car, Hamilton gets by him. And, and really, you know, first couple stints it was it was Botas leading Hamilton you know Hamilton in first and, and you thought well you know this is this is how it's going to be we're going to see Botas drive off and, and dominate this one but Hamilton had the better car Hamilton had the better car but I think you're overlooking my guy Sergio Perez yep, yep. was leading and he was. he was looking great he was leading and after then... pit stops he had a, had, a, had a long strategy he went the long con he went the long he was trying to go for the overcut Ended up, you know, he he was not gonna. He was still he was leading. And he runs into. So I I want to I want to preface this before we get yeah. there that I don't think that this cost him the race. No, but I think that it had a big impact on the race, and it's also, um, it's also something that needs to be addressed totally. in Formula One. So I'll let you. Yeah. Keep yeah, going. Yeah. So so we get up to you know the 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 Formula One the modern meme of of Nikita Mazepin, who was a lapped car. He probably was more than one lap down at the point. At that point, I'm not real sure. He at made, that time, he, he wasn't lapped yet. He was okay, going he wasn't to be lapped. lapped. Okay, so Perez gets up to him, and and you know, Mazepin had got several, I think four blue uh, blue flags to move over and let and let the leader by. So if those of you that don't know, the blue flag is telling you you're yeah. going to be lapped. Get out of the way. Yeah, the blue flag is is telling you move over, let the car behind you by because the car behind you is faster, or the car behind you is a lead car. You don't want to let. You want to hold. You don't have a lapped car hold up a leader or hold up a battle for position if if it's if it's a lapped uh, a situation where you're you're being lapped or already lapped. He was being lapped. He was so many. I mean, I don't even remember how many. We we talked about it. Several seconds behind his teammate. He, he was, was in dead last. Fifty three seconds behind his teammate. Yeah, I mean, he was 50, so, and that's fifty three seconds behind the field because yeah. Mick Schumacher, his teammate, was running was running next to last, and. They go into a corner, and Mazepin moves like he's going to let Perez by, and then he just cuts him off. Because yeah, that's to lock it up. He goes to the outside, and then Takuma saddles it and dives real low. Yeah. yeah, just dives across the apex of the turn. Perez has to lock it up, or he ends up ripping off his front wing. Cost Perez, you know, screws his tires, cost Perez some time, allows Hamilton, who at the time was, you know, what what was within a pit 
window of him was within the pit delta, but so he would have caught him when Perez eventually pitted. But yeah, I mean, totally, totally screwed Perez's race and, and their strategy because now he's locked his tires up. Now he's got a flat spot on his tires. And now you've slowed him down, and he, he can't get by him until he got by him by the next corner. But but to cut off the leader like that, I mean, I was really surprised. And I think he did get a penalty for it. Well, he got a penalty. He got a five-second penalty. But yeah. when you're that far behind exactly. the rest of the field, who cares? He, yeah, exactly. That's yeah, like Tom that Wilson matter? getting a $5,000 <laughs> fine. Like, it doesn't matter. The guy makes $4 million a year. Yeah. Like it, so, like, that doesn't yeah, hurt Haas at all. That, yeah. that only hurt Perez. And I, I'm not, like I said, I don't think that Perez would have won the race. I don't think that cost him the race. But, you know, president of finishing fourth, maybe that changes a third-place finish. Maybe that totally. stops Red Bull from getting a 2-3 finish. I right. Yeah, you never you never know what would happen. And actually, it was, I, I said Hamilton. It was Pre, uh, Botas was chasing him at the time. But, um, yeah, it was, just, it was just a weird situation. You know, you see that occasionally. I can't help but, yeah. I mean, I think I think you and I talked about this uh, when it happened. I I understand that, that Mazepin's dad put a lot of money in that team. Right. Okay. We all, we all see Al, you know, was it Ali, Ali, Alcali or whatever the name Whatever the fertilizer company is. The, the sponsorship is, yeah. is on the side. We all see that. We all see that those, that Russian flag that should not be there, but is there. <laughs> That's you know, right. We all, we all see that. Okay. This guy has no business in Formula 1. No, he's just not ready. He, it's, yeah. it's, uh, things like that, blatantly ignoring blue flags almost causing a pretty big wreck with the leader not even you know, let's even just take out the leader if that's another car that's a scary wreck where we could these cars are going so fast mm-hmm. there's a lot of moving parts to them racing is dangerous those rules are put in place not to screw you over if you're in last place because let's be real like you already screw over you're yeah. in last it's to protect everybody and He's just a danger to the sport. He's not ready. Yeah, I think he's. I mean, he's become a meme at this point. You know what I mean? Like, I, I don't. Yeah, I mean, I think he. You know, I don't remember what he did last year in Formula Two, but I, I think he, that he is. He wasn't bad, but like he wasn't like Yuki Sonoda. That was no, he wasn't Yuki Sonoda. He wasn't Mick Schumacher, who actually had a had a decent race for a bad car, made a pass on. Uh, he did on the TV. You know, I, I thought I thought that was he had a very veteran style pass. He did. He did. I was. You know, I thought, oh, there we go. There's that little sign, that little blip of of something out of a bad car on a on a much better car. That Williams is a much better car than, than the Haas. Right? Yeah, on a bad car with a rookie driver. And that gives you right. hope for Mick Schumacher's career, but then you look at Mesa Penn and it's just yeah. good God. Yeah, I mean, just what are you doing? I mean, I mean we we had our fair amount of jokes with with Romain Grosjean and spinning out and all that, not, but yeah. but Rogro knew the rules, but it got out of the way, and I don't think that Rogro would have been fifty three seconds down. Rogro, Rogro looks like Jackie Stewart right now. <laughs> I mean, like Rogro looks like a a a veteran like. It's just absurd. Yeah. I mean, next to next to what we're seeing out of out of this joke. I mean, yeah, it's it's from just I don't know. I mean, Gene Haas is at one hand he's probably liking the money, but at the other hand he's like, man, I'm, yeah. I basically don't have a team now because I have to focus everything on Mick Schumacher, and I just get to let this yeah this gotta, kid just go this putz around, just, just go around and screw up my car, and I have to fix his cars constantly because he's constantly spinning out. I mean, he, I mean, ever he spins out once a weekend. At least, I guess the nice thing is, is that he doesn't really have to answer to the sponsors what's going on because the sponsors right. is the driver's dad. Yeah, so the sponsors is dead. Well, I mean, but what, you if, know. what if his dad though is just like, why am I not seeing more wins and better results? Like, you think Gene Haas is like your son sucks at driving? Yeah, I mean, I hope so. I I feel like Gene. Well, I don't know. I don't know. Can you talk like that to like a Russian? 
business owner? A, Rus- a Russian mobster? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, that you know what? That's that's wrong. like I just assume like all Russian business owners are somehow tied into the Russian mob. He might be. I don't know. We, you know what? You know, we, we shouldn't. We shouldn't. Judge, we should not but, judge uh, like that. But it, like, I just feel like at some point, most Russian business owners have had some some sort of dirty dealings. They and, might, and, yeah. and you know, I mean, we've all heard the machine story from Burt Kreischer. Absolutely, I mean? yeah, great. If you haven't, if you guys this haven't is, seen that, look this that is up. Russia. All right, well, to uh, to wrap the race up, Hamilton does get the win. Verstappen finishes in second. Botas in third. Sergio Perez in fourth, and Sergio Perez does get driver Over of the, the day, day, which. Rightfully so, I think he had. Yeah, he had a good drive. He had a good drive, got screwed over. You know, the only other guy that I thought uh, would have gotten driver of the day was Lando Norris, who had another great drive. He had a good drive. Uh, so Lando Norris was your pick last week, and yep. I think he finished fifth. And then uh, Chucky LeClerc, my pick, finished finished sixth. So finished, finished sixth, yeah. I mean, really, I think that you're going to see impressive from the Alpines with Ocon and, and Alonso finishing seventh and eighth. That was that was a good turnaround from then because we kind of saw a slow slow sluggish start mm-hmm. to the to the season and uh, yeah good to see them kind of turn that around. Yeah, you know, uh, speaking of new faces, new places, Carlos Sainz had he finished eleventh and he had a good car for a little while. He just didn't seem to seem to fade late. I, I think he out qualified Leclerc if I'm not. He did. He, he started strong and yeah, he just kind of faded and he, and you, I I think though that when when you compare drivers to Signs and and uh, Charles, I think Charles is a much better driver. Yeah, I think I think just my does. opinion, but yeah, I and you know, I mean, if this is setting up to like, I'll tell you what would be awesome is like if in three years or maybe even next year, like we're seeing a battle between Ferrari between Lando Norris at McLaren and Charles Leclerc at Ferrari for like like we're seeing that. That would be awesome. Like I would love to see that. I that don't know that we're going to see that. Might we might see McLaren just go out and you know, or not McLaren, Mercedes just go out and, and continue to dominate. I hope not, but love to see just somebody else, you know, step up. I mean, even you know, other than really, let's just remove Mercedes and Red Bull from the sport. Let them just go do their own thing. Give them their own yeah. series. Give, what, did, yeah. what was that in uh, Champions League yeah, soccer? The, they're the, going to do that. The Super League. The Super League. Let's yeah. just do a Super League of There's racing. Super, and let... Yeah, you guys get your own thing. You go do that every week. We'll give you guys three cars. Yeah, you can do six, three mm-hmm. on three, six races, six driver, drivers total. There you go. Maybe that's what Rogue was doing. Oh, maybe we're on yeah. to something. Maybe we're on. Something. We're calling it now. Yeah. So yeah, not a, not a real exciting race. Not a whole lot to, uh, you know. It was it was okay. Yeah. Well, looking ahead uh, this next weekend, they are racing at uh, Barcelona, Catalonia yeah. in Spain. Catalonia. This is a fun track. I like this track. Great track. Great track. You know, you used to see all the uh, qual or all the um, preseason testing take place in Catalonia. I think it did last year. Didn't this year because of COVID. You know, big long straightaway, two two straightaways, some really good turns, some really high speed turns. Uh, and some some tight turns towards the end. I'm always a fun, usually a fun race. Um, never know, yeah. Just never know what will happen here. So, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Like I said, it's a fun track. I really enjoy this track. Um, you know, past couple weeks I've picked Perez, then Lando, and then Chucky. Uh, guy that we talked about, I think he's gonna bounce back. Danny Rick. Yeah, I think Danny's think, gonna. I think Danny the, Rick's. 
I think Carlos Sainz is going to show up in front of the home fans. Yeah, that, that was actually my next pick. Yeah, next I think pick. Carlos, the, I think. Well, I mean, the the local know, Spain is. Yeah, I mean, yeah, he's Spanish, and Spain is such a like when you get to learn about the history of Spain, like in kind of the areas and the regionality of Spain. The other local is Fernando Alonso, who could be another. You know, could yeah. show something in that Alpine. You never know. Yeah, I just hope he shows up. Yeah. I don't give him enough credit. No, I think Fernando could do well, but I'm, Na- I'm yeah. Nando could Nando could end up showing like you know he could maybe go up there and pull off that one point five. The fifth place is kind of where we're looking at as the one point five win. You know what I mean? Yeah, he could he could pull that off. I mean, they, I could see that. You're right. I, I I feel like though that it's like there's a one point like there's Formula One, then there's like one point two five, and that's really just like Lando Norris and, and Charles Leclerc, and then you have the rest of the field. Yeah, and I would love to see just the other two Ferrari and, and McLaren cars, those those next two cars, which is Sainz and mm-hmm. Ricardo catch up and, and join those two. And that's what I'm yeah. hoping for them. And I'm I'm hoping that we're gonna see Danny Rick do that. Right. Yeah, me too. I, I would like to I, I just love Danny Rick, man. He's just such a great personality. And that's what I think. You that's know why what I'm I mean? hoping that when went, yeah. when he calls it quits with Formula One, he'll come on over I to any car. I, I really hope so too. I people really would do. love him here. I don't think many people know about Danny Rick, but I think people would absolutely they would, love him. They, they would. You know, he reminds me of a much happier Elio Castro Nevis. Like, if you remember, like, yeah. Castro Nevis was, like, that smiling guy, you know, Spider-Man climbing the wall. Like, you know, I mean, the the thought of a shoey on the podium at... The shoey, yeah. A shoey of, of milk on, after a, an Indy 500 in, win. Yeah, yeah. a shoey oh, of milk on the brickyard. People would go yeah. crazy over that. Um, and, and I mean, you just look at how much people love Scott Dixon. I know he's a sure. New Zealander, not a not an Aussie, but I think they would embrace him the same. Yeah. Oh, I mean, well, yeah. Well, I mean, you know, people love people love the willpower that you see <laughs> out of that that twelve car. Is this IndyCar. is this three weeks in a row with the willpower joke? But yeah. Hey, before we get on that, I just yep. any any final thoughts to Formula One, and then uh, we'll get over no. to looking forward to you know I I think I'd like to see, you know I think one of the one of the Spanish drivers Nando or, or Carlos Sainz. I'm gonna go with Carlos Sainz. Uh, I think he's gonna do well. But other than that, yeah, I mean, uh, no. No other thoughts. Hopefully, this is usually a pretty entertaining race. There'll, there'll be some good racing in the in the middle of the pack, I think. Okay, with that, we'll we'll move on over to IndyCar. Uh, they actually raced twice this weekend. Yeah, fun little doubleheader in Texas. Yeah, they had Saturday night and Sunday night. Mm-hmm. But before we get into that, a little bit of sad news. Coy, I'll let you break that. Yeah, passing of uh, three-time IndyCar champ, or three-time Indy 500 champ, Bobby Unser. You know, the Unser family is one of those, uh, the royalty of, of IndyCar. Sad stuff. So, you know, he was uh, he was getting up there, I think he was 87, if I'm not mistaken. So, you know. Yeah, he was getting up sad there. To see, sad to see him go, though. Yeah, and if, if you've ever followed IndyCar at any point, you know, you, you've heard the Unser family. You know, Al Unser right. Jr., fantastic right. driver. Bobby Unser, great driver. So, yep. uh, you know, our thoughts go out to his family during this time. And uh, sad to see a, a, a big name like that pass, but... Yeah. Good racer. Yeah. Yeah, so, you know, going in, so, yeah, to get to the races Saturday, we have uh, two races at, at Texas, first race. Saturday was really kind of, you know, not as exciting, I felt like, as the first race. Well, or as the it, second race, I it, should it, say. The first race was exciting if you're Scott Dixon. Yeah. Because he just flat out. He just dominated. dominated. Also, yeah, so the other thing, the PJ won at Texas. I was surprised at how 
So PJ1 is a surface treatment that they put on the track. And if you watch the race in the corners, in the turns and turns one and two and three and four, it looked like a big black sections that none of the cars ran, excuse me, ran in. And the reason was is that they put that on the on the track to help improve grip with the NASCARs. It apparently has the exact opposite effect with Indy cars, and I've seen and you saw guys just flying off, you know. Right. And it also kind of led to some kind of ho hum racing, you know. It, it kind of after uh, after restart it would stretch out and it just kind of ended up. Dixon's car was clearly the best in both races. I mean. He, he, he didn't win the second race. He did win the first race, dominated the first race. Yeah, he dominated the first race. He led 206 laps. The only other driver to lead laps was uh, Hello Polo, Alex yep. Polo. He led six laps. His teammate, Dixon's teammate. His yeah. teammate. Um, but second place was Scott McLaughlin. Yeah, so we huge one. First, first one-two. For the Kiwis. Yeah, first Kiwi one-two in, in IndyCar history. And good run for McLaughlin. McLaughlin actually did well in, in both races. Had a... Yeah, I mean, I think especially this is first oval race. Yeah, and he did Crazy. first two oval races, and he yeah. did, he did great. And then uh, in that first race, though, Pato Award, I think uh, was a guy that I was looking for to do yep. well. He finished third. Yep. Um, Alex Below finished fourth. Graham Rahal, who had uh, two good races, mm-hmm. uh, he finished yep. fifth. Rahal had another. Yeah. And that was pretty much it for that race. Like I said, it was yeah. pretty much just Do- Scott Dixon leading. Um, yeah, I think Newgarden finished sixth in that first race, too. Um, yeah, pretty much just Scott Dixon just running away with it, honestly. I so, mean, it just seemed like it was... There was a little bit of, you know, back and forth kind of mid-pack stuff, but anytime you get a you get a track where you don't have a second groove in the turns, doesn't lead to great racing. And it's unfortunate because Texas is a cool track. Yeah, It's very fast. You know, you see these guys going into these corners at 220, 230, and, and you're thinking, and, and, man, it was probably 220, 210. But, you know, I mean to only have one groove really it was one and a half there was a little bit of passing that went on you saw it in the second race a lot um well the second race yeah let's, let's talk about the second yeah race. talk about the second race even before the race started we yeah. saw some action Huge yeah some wreck. guys some guys didn't even get to start the race uh, connor daly you know yeah. he, he slid across the starting line on his roof yeah he sure did <laughs> sure did windscreen saved him there um yeah it was uh you know, I felt bad for Sebastian Bourdais, who got he did. That was one of the one of the events that happened in the first race. He got turned around by Newgarden in the first race. You know, he comes in, he's thinking, oh, you know, I'm going to make it up in the second race, and before the race even started, he gets plowed into. Ro- Giuseppe Rossi gets plowed into. Yeah. You know, you see just a lot of big names got yeah. knocked out before the race even started. Yep. And uh, yeah, like I said, thankfully, you know, Daly was okay. That uh, that halo saved him. So for all you race fans, you know. That maybe after the Romain Grosjean accident, don't believe that the halo is good for racing and safety. Just watch this and then tell mm-hmm. me if you think it's bad. Speaking of you, speaking of, do you know who caused that that wreck? That wreck of the very first the, the wreck and the second race. I feel like I have a 50-50 shot here between yeah. Sato or Grosjean. Well, so Romain Grosjean did not run. Oh, that's right. So it was Sato. So it was no, it was Pietro Fittipaldi. Oh no, running Romain Grosjean's car. And Pietro Fittipaldi. And Pittipaldi, yep, Fittipaldi was the one who really caused it. He hit Bordet. Kind of, it looked like he kind of, kind of cooked it early. Got up, got on the gas a little bit too early. Ran well, in the back of Bordet, the, which you know. For those who don't remember, Fittipaldi filled in for Romain last year in Formula One mm-hmm. on Haas's team when Romain couldn't drive after his accident. Mm-hmm. So that the irony there is is very yeah, poetic. It is. It is. Yeah, he, he's the one who filled in with Haas and he's now the one who fills in. He's the he's the guy who's gonna drive the ovals, I guess, for um for for Grosjean's team. 
So the rest of the race goes on. Uh, Pato Award gets the win. Uh, Joseph, he does. Joseph Newgarden finishes second. Graham Rahal, good weekend all around, finishes yep. third. Jack Harvey had a good weekend too, I thought. You oh, know, Jack had Harvey a, had a great race Sunday. He had and a, then yeah, torched and then, that wheel and, bearing. Yep, torched the wheel bearing and, and just really kind of really kind of cost him you know it was a weird uh weird kind of sequence award you kind of thought award actually for most of the race the second race i thought man dixon's gonna win this again or you know well, that's what i was getting at he finished yeah. his fourth and he still dominated it was still he, a scott he, dixon show. yeah he really did it was up until you know it was right after uh felix rosenquist had a, had a loose wheel and ended up having a wheel come off and um, right after that, it kind of left some pit cycles in some some weird positions, and, and Newgarden was in the lead with Award in second, and that left, you know, it, Award had the much better car, but yeah, Award got by Newgarden pretty quickly, and then just opened up a gap and was able to uh, to to really drive away with the last few races. You know, really cool that the Zach Brown told Pat Award uh, before the season started, "You win a race, and I'll give you a car." It, I'll give you a test in the McLaren, the F1. Oh car yeah, that's right. Yeah, at the end of the season, so that's pretty cool. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, Pato Award looked great. Um, Scott Dixon, though, it's nothing against Joseph Newgarden. It just looks like that Scott Dixon's going to walk, not walk away, but he's he's separating himself pretty clearly yeah. from the from the championship. And he really, you know, I mean, it's it's kind of what were the standings? I was looking at. I mean, he's only getting better as he's getting older. It seems he like. is, you know, awards in second right now. Newgarden's in fourth. You got Polo, and you know, I mean, there's a lot to be decided. There's for still, sure, there's still a lot of racing left, but Scott Dixon is starting. Well, off yeah, yeah, insanely he's just, strong. He he really is. I mean, he's just he's just been that. Yeah, that just that good, and 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 yeah, I, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, he finishes first and fourth in these two races. I mean, McLaughlin had another good race, finished eighth. You know, yeah. again, first time in, a, in an oval. Very good for. Is he still considered a rookie? I know he raced. Yes. Okay, so very good race. Yes. I know he raced a few races last year. Yeah, goofy rookie class this year with um, two veterans and a yeah, rookie. Two, Actually, they're all they're all yeah. veterans because in their respective fields, you know. Romaine from F1, mm-hmm. Jimmy Johnson from NASCAR, and then right. uh, yeah, and you didn't from, see Jimmy Johnson. I don't think Jimmy Johnson didn't run this race. He did not race. And um, speaking of Jimmy Johnson, though, we had talked about that we thought it would be hard to believe that Jimmy Johnson was not going to race in the Indy 500. He just signed a deal to join the broadcasting booth for the Indy 500. I so I guess he is not going to run the 500, yeah, which surprises I guess, me. I guess he just. I mean, yeah, especially I just can't believe he wouldn't run one. Like, if, if you're, you're going to run an oval, and if... It, if you're going to run an IndyCar... Run the 500. I mean, the only thing I can think is it's it's kind of like what, what Grosjean's doing, where it's kind of a safety thing. Maybe it's something to where, like, he doesn't want to... You know, he doesn't want to get in a car that's going 230 miles an hour, and, you know... and Understandable. And he can still spin out in the straight, or in the first corner, and, you know, wreck <laughs> like he does every other way, you know. Jimmy Johnson. <laughs> Jimmy Johnson. No, I mean, you know, I, I will say, though, that even though you saw these races kind of boring, I did kind of, I did really like, I, I liked watching oh, I loved it. these races because they were, they were, regardless of Dixon dominating, he never dominated. He was never ahead by, you know, it wasn't, yeah, seconds. He was like, ahead he by was, four seconds. He was leading, but, like, the pack was still close. It's not like in Formula mm-hmm. One when you see some guy, they, Break away from the pack and no one ever catches right. them. And they can pit. They can have a 
have a tee, and then they can get back out there and they're still in the lead. Like right. he still had to fight off for the win. So I, I agree with. I guess it right. was a little yeah. misleading when we say dominated. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it was, and I, and you know, I'm IndyCar's coming into its stretch right now with you know the the these next two races where they run May fifteenth at, uh, at at Indianapolis Indianapolis Grand Prix, which is on the road course race, and then May thirtieth at the Indy five hundred, where that are the the for me the two best races. I really like St. Pete. Yeah, I like. St. I really Pete. like. Um, uh, I really like uh, Long Beach, but but I like Toronto as well. Yeah, Toronto's Toronto's another fun one. Yeah, that's a good point. And but I but I just lo- these these indie races for me are, are like especially the five hundred. I mean, there's just well, nothing better than the five hundred. The series is named after these, yeah, these tracks. Exactly. So exactly. Uh, so yeah, if you guys didn't catch that, uh, IndyCar is off this weekend, and then they'll be back May fifteenth for that road course race. And then they're going to be off another week, and then the build up to the five hundred, the Great. Well, I, not, yeah, not the Great American Race. It's it kind of is to me, though. I mean, yeah, see, like I kind of feel like the Indy Five Hundred Five Hundred is older than it the, is than Daytona. It's got more. We uh, talked about this before. It's got more prestige. It does. Like I would rather, like, given the opportunity, I'd rather win an Indy Five Hundred. Although I bet the Daytona Five Hundred pays more. I'm gonna say, from a financial standpoint, I'd probably take the Daytona Five Hundred. That's an interesting. Bigger question. sponsors. If only somebody had something like Google. You can Google it all you want. I know. I, I mean, taking I taking the paycheck. Yeah, I, totally. I mean, I, I mean, I would, uh, I would bet that the Daytona 500 pays more, but I just think from probably like the the winnings of the race and then your sponsor payouts, it's probably more. Sure. But I, I definitely think that maybe the Indy 500 might be a little bit more prestigious. It's it's more um, internationally recognized. I think the Daytona 500, while it does attract a lot of international viewers, I think the Indy 500 gets a much, much bigger international viewership. Yeah, so. I it, it definitely does. Yeah, the the Indy 500 definitely I think gets gets more. So Daytona 500 is Jesus, roughly two million dollars. Not a big deal. Yeah, uh, Indy 500 is about one point five. So really, it's not. I mean, so really, you know. It's at the difference level where, you know, you'd say, I'd, I'd still rather win Indy. I think I'd rather win Indy just because of the prestige of Indy. And you get, you know, you kind of, your name is, is goes down in history. Yeah. Good point. So. You know, um, I am excited to see, excited to see the rest of the season, see who can, if anyone can challenge Dixon. He's been, you know, his lead is 22 points right now after these races. Um over Pato Award, who's had a really good car. Award was the best car I thought at Birmingham. I think he had a great race at uh, at St. Pete. He had, you know, and he made some mistakes. But man, yeah, I I, I would be interested to see if he can. Contest maybe maybe it's Award. Maybe it's Award McLaren. That could be interesting. Cool. This is that was the thing that I think that second race excited me the most. Was not I mean even though I'm not really you know not really a big fan of, of Award, I do like watching Award or McLaren. It was a fact that you see, let's see another team come on, emerge, you know, out of those, out of out of that that pack. So it's not just Ganassi, it's not just, um, it's not just Andretti, and it's not just Penske. Yeah, you got you're getting another, another team, team in the fight. Yeah, you've got another team that's gonna come up here and fight these other teams for wins, and yeah, I'm 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 pretty excited about that. I agree. Yep. Right. So yeah, I mean, two races. Not a lot to talk about because honestly, there wasn't a whole lot. But they were fun. I mean, they were very They're fun enjoyable. To watch. It was nice to get the back-to-back yeah. races, the doubleheader. 
Right. But, uh, yeah, they do that. Uh, they will do that again. They will do that double header again at the Detroit Grand Prix, the June twelfth and thirteenth, and I think that that. IndyCar does these double headers a couple times. Yeah, I know last year they did one in our backyard at Gateway, and that was because of COVID, though. But, right. Um, but they, you know, I don't Indy, think they're doing that. Indy does. They race at Indy. They race at the motor, the Indy uh, Road Course twice this year. Yeah, they're racing in the summer, right? Yeah. Because it's right around the Brickyard, correct? So you're right. August fourteenth. Yeah, because yeah, because they're talking about uh, yeah, it's a double header weekend. Yeah. Talking about some of the drivers potentially yeah. doing uh, an, an indie race and the uh, and the brickyard in the same yeah. weekend, but yeah, last race of the season this year is uh, Grand Prix of Long Beach, September twenty sixth. That'll be a fun one. That'll be a, that'll be a good one. Yeah, well, that's not a real exciting track, but no, it's not. Again, it's kind of like Monaco, where like you know, historic, yes, and it's a street. It's like a true street course. It, yeah, very true street course. Which which is one of the cool things that IndyCar does is they do race on some. You know, they race on some, like, Toronto is a true street course. And I think Nashville is a street course, correct? Yes, yes. Nashville is a, a street course. And then they have, um, you know, you got St. Pete, which is a street course. And the Detroit Grand Prix takes place on, am I right? And then that is, is that at Belle Isle? Or is that on, is that the one that takes place at the, yeah, it's on Belle Isle. Yeah, it's a, that's a fun one, too. It's a kind of a street course, sort of. It's sort of like... Uh, Melbourne and what you see in Canada, where the the Montreal the, the Circuit du Gilles This is for Formula One. Yeah, the Formula One courses, sort of where it's a park and they're racing around these parks. Yeah, that's what Belle Isle is for in Detroit. All right. Well, any other final IndyCar news? No, sir. Okay. Well, I think that's going to wrap it up for this yep. week. Yeah, you guys can find us on uh, on Twitter at ATC Racing Pod and on Instagram at ATC Racing Pod. Please hit us up with some likes. Hit us up with uh, with a with a review. Be sure to click that furthest right star on iTunes or Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. All right. So, in, in some final news, um, you know, Coy and I decided here that uh, we're going to take the next couple weeks off. Just in our, our personal lives, we've got some time constraints and uh, haven't been able to dedicate as much as we wanted to to this podcast. So this very well could be the last podcast. Like I said, we're going to reevaluate it. But uh, if this is the last one, I just want to thank all of our dedicated listeners and everybody who has supported us and listened to us over the, um, I mean, past several months and through these, what, 30 episodes we've been through. Yeah. So I uh, just wanted to share that with you all. And, and again, just thank all of our, our listeners and our fans out there. Yeah, I do too. Um, it's been a really fun journey. You guys have, you know, doing this podcast, I've learned to watch racing differently. I've learned to put aside my stupid personal biases and enjoy the racing that is there. And it is something that, that, I, that I hope to take with me. I hope that, you know, that you guys all have, have learned something or have, you know, just found something funny or we've managed to entertain you for even a minute. If that's, if that's all we've managed to do, then, then we've accomplished our goal. Um, but yeah, we'll, we'll see. Hopefully, you know, we'll continue this on. I, I think Josh and I just kind of have really talked about, you know, time, time is precious. We both have young kids. We both, you know, have families and, and we have to figure out exactly how it is we're going to do everything. So, you know, we want, we both really like to love watching racing, want to continue it on. So we, you know, we just have to figure it, kind of put this in, in its correct place. I think that's is, the best way to put the it. Best way to put it. So, but Anyway, I just want to thank you all and yeah. uh, 
Yeah, thanks. Thanks, guys. <laughs>